0: NO BUDGET NIGHTMARES zoo NO BUDGET NIGHTMARES OOH, OOH, OOH If you got just a little money but a whole lot of heart Doug and Mo will sit back and watch your art It's their duty just doing their part Now let's hear if they recommend it or not on NO BUDGET NIGHTMARES zoo NO BUDGET NIGHTMARES no no budget nightmares! Ooh.
1: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to No Budget Nightmares, this is Moe. He's a
0: bad film hatin', while I skating all the while masturbatin'. That's, that's Mo Pond. Yeah. yeah!
1: And with me, as always, is the one and only Doug Tilly. He's bow, Doug bow, Tilly, bow, 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 number bow, one super guy! Bow, bow,
2: bow, bow, bow. Greetings, Mo. Hey. Hey, you know hey. what? We're on a bit of a winning streak here on No Budget Nightmares. Uh, two in a row? Two in a row. Well, what did we do before Plaga Zombie? Uh, something so- terrible. something else, maybe something bad. But anyway, we're on a winning streak of two. You're absolutely right, <laughs> and for that's us,
1: for us too. Is a winning streak. Yes,
2: I almost feel like uh, I was making some suggestions over on the Facebook group a couple days ago. I feel like it's time for us to take you know some risks. Because you know, actually, I, I actually feel bad. I shouldn't have said that we we're, were on a winning streak because that kind of gives away our feelings. On today's movie. Oh, you know what? No, no, no. This is
1: three because oh. because before Plaga Zombie was the WNUF Halloween special.
2: So it's three, which is still me giving away our my feelings. Whatever. I should say about uh, today's uh, feature film, but it it feels like we're we're. Um, it's t- it's time for a change. Enough is enough, and it's time for a change. I should say. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and we should uh, start watching something that we shouldn't actively look for something terrible, Mo. But we should take some risks.
1: All right. What are what are we doing for risks? Oh, I don't know. I'm just smoking crack before we record.
2: You know, I've been reading some material that says That's not very risky at all (laughs) (laughs) It's a very reputable site So I think, uh, you know, whatever Uh, No, I just think that maybe It's funny that I'm saying this right now, Mo, Because we've already chosen what our next movie is going to be And I happen to know, because I've seen it before That it's pretty good But I think after that There should be some, you know We're we're due for some hurting, is what I should say
1: I feel like we should uh, Like we should take we should do like a like a like a wheel, hmm. you know, sort of idea, and like or like a random generator sort of idea, and like put the entire list of movies that we have available to us onto it, and just hit the randomize button a bunch of times, and you know, and see what see what we end up with.
2: That's not you know that's not a completely fucking idiotic idea. Not like some of your <laughs> ideas. Not
1: like most of my bullshit <laughs>
2: ideas. The wheel, of course, is stealing from somebody else, so we can't do that. No, Yeah. yeah. But a random number generator Which is, a, again, great podcast <laughs> Right? Everyone yeah. wants to hear us Randomly generate numbers Well, we don't uh, have to do that
1: on the podcast
2: Oh, if we certainly do, that's oh. part of the fun, right? It'd be like, the last five minutes It's like, we gotta hit the number generator And then I'd edit in some, a sound of going like Boop, 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 boop,
1: boop, <laughs> boop, 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 boop
2: And it would land on something like 1987's Killing Spree, directed by Tim Ritter Nice the legendary tim ritter who's been good enough to join our facebook group and uh been very complimentary but let's see if he's still complimentary after he sound after he hears what we talk about on this episode
1: well i mean it's uh, we we already know what the worst case scenario in this situation is so and i don't think it's going to be that
2: well you never know people are sensitive yeah. sometimes about the art that they create yeah. Cause think about it, Mo. And this is uh, this is something I've been thinking about a lot lately. I don't know if you know this, Mo, but there's been there's been a sort of a, a weird shift in terms of people's responses to criticism uh, regarding movies lately. It seems like people are very very sensitive to criticism.
1: Yeah, but that only accounts for like new movies.
2: Yeah, but. <laughs> But say, look, I'm just giving this as a random example Think about me plucking this out of the random number generator Say <laughs> you made a movie about, like, let's just say cartoon figures coming to life And murdering teenagers <laughs> Right? Okay Right? And say that a podcast, who knows who it could be, it could be anybody what, Maybe they were a little bit critical about your approach to it Maybe the fact that you had, like, a 13-year-old played by a porn star or whatever in it Right, right and your reaction to that would probably say a lot about your character I would imagine it would say quite a bit about your character mm-hmm. <laughs> And maybe your mental state, what do you say? Uh, Yeah Yeah, so that's just a theoretical situation that I'm talking about So Tim Ritter, who again, we love And who I think we were very uh, even-handed in our treatment of Truth or Dare Which is a, a lot of fun And we'll be even-handed with our uh, treatment of Killing Spree But you never know, you might say something that would make him feel like we're attacking him or attacking a friend of his? You just don't know. You don't know. That's that's the risk of doing a podcast about a movie and then connecting it with the creators of that movie.
1: Well, I have to be careful in this one, too, because if I if I say anything bad about Joel D. Winekoop, I might not get those great birthday videos that he sends me every year.
2: <laughs> I get those videos, too, Bob. I love, I love that video. <laughs> I fucking love it. What could we possibly say negative about Joel Weinkoop, who is in 1987's Killing Spree directed by Tim Ritter? Um n- honestly, nothing. He's fucking fantastic. <laughs> also, he's a karate master. I,
1: lo- I love oh my god, the whole karate thing.
2: Oh man. He he is a master <clears throat> of the martial look, arts. Look,
1: if look, if he didn't disown us after our treatment of Light of Blood, you know.
2: <laughs> like you heard that fucking commentary. <laughs> True. I just feel I feel like the world has missed out by not casting Joel Weinkoop as Iron Fist in the upcoming Netflix television series. <laughs> because I mean, I would
1: watch the shit out of I, it.
2: That would be terrific. Anyway, we're, we we come not to insult; we come to praise. Because <laughs> yeah, of course, right, right. Joel Weinkoop could probably I'm not actually. You know what? Throw probably in the garbage. He could certainly beat the shit out of Mo and myself easily. Easily. He, I saw him beat up a werewolf once <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, he's a tough guy And that's uh, only from a few years ago
1: I once saw him kick a hippie in the face
2: Oh yeah, several times and, Several times <laughs> And he certainly gets a quality fight scene in 1987's Killing Spree And that is what we're going to be talking about today, Mo 1987's Killing Spree Yup, yup Now, had you seen this movie before, Mo? I, you know, I feel like
1: I had, but at the same time, like, I didn't remember enough of it, you know? So if I did, it would have been late 90s. Um, so I'll just say that this is my first time watching it just no. because I,
2: you know. I mean, this this was probably like, again. I'm in a very similar boat, but I'm almost certain this is my was my first time watching it. Though I've actually mm. watched it several times since then because I wanted to check out the commentaries and things like that. Right, get right. a lot of that behind the scenes info that I'm best known for here on No Budget Nightmares. Uh, what is that, your biggest? Wait,
1: that, that's what you're known for. That
2: is what I'm known for. That uh, and my girlish laugh. <laughs> uh, Mo, what is your biggest takeaway from Killing Spree? Now having seen it, um,
1: don't get hippies mad.
2: Okay, that is something (laughs) Well, what struck you most about the movie while watching it?
1: Uh, The creative use of practical effects
2: There are some very good practical effects in this movie And you know why it's so good, Mo? Why? Because the practical effects or the uh, makeup effects in this uh, movie were uh, One of the special makeup effects artist was Joel Harlow And Joel Harlow is uh, an Academy Award winning now Makeup effects artist He worked on the Star Trek movie From 2009 And he won An Academy Award For it That's very cool So when you see Let's say A severed head Being thrown In this movie Just think (laughs) about The fact that It may have been Created by an Academy Award winner I Done Done My takeaway From this movie Mo Was that Asbestos felt Who is the lead Actor in this movie Is quite something
1: (laughs) He is He is yeah, he is over the fucking top.
2: I mean, what I really thought after, again, after having watched this several times now, is is that this movie would be good with a different actor in the lead. But the thing that pushes this over the edge, over the edge, over the edge into something special is that lead performance because he is the center of this movie.
1: Yeah, he's he's an absolute blast to watch. He's just gets crazier and fucking crazier as the movie goes on, and it's it never becomes less entertaining to watch.
2: <laughs> and he starts out pretty fucking crazy.
1: Yeah, he starts off pretty nuts, but then like he like like what I what I wanted to know during the whole entire film is that why any of the people who he kept requesting come back to his house would come back with this guy like maniacally laughing, you know, into the phone and like talking in the creepiest possible
2: uh, yes,
1: I'll be home yeah, you know? yeah,
2: yeah, like... yeah, that's the problem with the plot of Killing Spree <laughs> 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 That's the hard to understand part of it But I'm now, just saying Now to those who haven't seen Killing Spree And of course after this episode They're going to run out and buy themselves a copy As well they should Describe asbestos felt to us, Mo Mother
1: of Pearl Because um...
2: there's a part in this movie Where we see him in his underwear
1: it, it, yeah yeah oh my uh yeah he is a very uh gangly
2: fellow um mm-hmm. life you know. i would say
1: huh life oh yes, yes, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like life, what does that have to do with anything? he reminds
2: me of life and how yeah. it can be lived hard <laughs> right
1: right, right, yeah, um yeah he's very 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 thin uh gigantic ridiculous hair, uh huge beard. One of the coolest mustaches I've ever seen. A
2: great mustache.
1: His mustache is just amazing. Like, it's like, it's like, it's almost to the point of like that old Southern gentleman thing where it just comes down like right over the lip.
2: Um. Now, one could theoretically mistake Asbestos felt in this movie for, you know, a a person on hard times. Right. He looks like a hobo is what I'm trying to say.
1: He does look like a hobo.
2: And in fact, it's really kind of, it, there's a weird dissonance in seeing him in this movie, especially in these really kind of clean, nice surroundings. All, like, everything is white in this movie, um, including <laughs> the cast. And, <laughs> and they, But, I mean, him, he, he looks like he has been living in garbage for weeks. And he just plops himself down on this white couch that looks like it came right from Ikea. It, it, there is a weird kind of, like, he looks insane before anything happens. Right. Which is great. So I should mention that Tim Ritter, the director of this movie, good friend of the show, he was a mere 18 when he made Killing Spree. I mean, he was incredibly young when he made Truth or Dare. This is really, he started, I guess, in on the script very soon after that movie was released. So this is a teenager making this movie. Mm -hmm. And one of the things on his commentary that he kind of reiterates is with the technology that it's available now pretty much anyone who wants to make a horror movie should be able to reach a similar sort of quality to Killing Spree. And that is something that's really important for us, you and me, and also our listeners to remember, Mo, because sometimes I feel like we accept mediocrity as excellence.
1: Oh, I agree.
2: I, I think also that people who write about uh, micro-budget films and filmmaking, that sometimes we... We, we too often give points for effort I mean, I, I include myself in that Well, we, uh, yeah, I was
1: going to say We do it on here,
2: too We do it all the time yeah. And I mean, to a certain extent it, that, that it's, it's worthwhile I think you should do that But, you know, this Killing Spree is, is a ton of fun And it has a lot of momentum to it And the big moments hit really, really hard uh, And I think that's what we should expect Out of these movies that we watch Especially now that we've been treated to Three in a row of such high quality
1: and you've just and you've just said the, the the magic word too it's like i mean sure we give
2: abracadabra
1: oh yeah uh we give uh, a lot of points for effort but i feel like we give even more points for fun mm. you know like i i feel like the movie could be a, a this one's not but i mean i feel like a, the movie could be a, a total pile of shit but as long as like you have fun with it as long as like it seems like everybody who's making it is having fun you know we 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 tend to be a lot you know less uh, Neg- negative Less critical of it Yeah, Because at yeah, yeah. so so the very least they're having fun
2: Killing Spree from 1987 Starts with an opening credits And I'll tell you if you're not ready to read the name Asbestos felt it really comes at you
1: <laughs> Yeah
2: the, the credits themselves are just white lettering With a kind of a blood effect Dripping Mm -hmm. down them? Yeah. So the movie was shot on 16 millimeter, I guess, blown up to 35 for Mm -hmm. theatrical screenings. Um, and, And it has kind of an odd look to it. It looks cheap, but not cheap in like a shot on video way.
1: Right, right.
2: And the reason it looks that way is probably because it was made for very low money. And my understanding from Tim Reader's commentary is that after Truth or Dare came out, there was a real <clears throat> conflict uh, regarding uh, the crediting of his writing and things like that. And it actually wasn't a very positive experience. And he fell into like a depression afterwards. And it was his parents who kind of helped him uh, get motivation to go out and make another movie. And this is what he ended up coming up with. And you can tell... The kinds of movies he was watching at the time. This movie is dedicated to uh H. G. Lewis and you can see it in the plot and how it kind of plays out. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah, this is a total, you know, early splatter film. With my chair now. <laughs> with your chair. And uh then we the movie starts proper with a suburban neighborhood, and I mean like one of those subdivisions that you saw a lot of in the late eighties. Right, yeah. And we get introduced to our main character uh, right away uh, There's actually a POV shot of him driving, pulling into his driveway And uh, and this is, as best as felt, playing Tom And like I said before, he looks like a fucking maniac right from the beginning
1: Yeah, but at least he's like, you know, a pleasant maniac at the Exactly, yeah. yeah
2: And again, he's supposed to work at an airport uh, like uh, An airport for like small planes And I guess he, I don't know what his job actually is I think but- he's the mechanic but it's understandable that someone in that position Could look a little unkempt And still, right. you know, maybe hold down a house like this I guess, in 1987 Not, not 2016
1: Oh no, no
2: <laughs> So uh, he he uh, meets one of the more pleasant characters of the movie Mrs. Palmer Pleasant, yes Yeah, she's a neighbor And she's a bit of a busybody, wouldn't you say?
1: Everybody's had a neighbor like this You know, like when when I was growing up We had this one little old lady Who used to just walk because my because like the the block that i lived on was quite literally just a square mm-hmm. you know and so it was kind of like perfect for people to walk around <laughs> and uh, you know because it was small but it was sure. still it still stayed in the area and uh, yeah this old lady i can't i can't even remember her name now uh irene i think you know she would just walk constantly and just get into everybody's fucking business so the second i saw mrs palmer i'm like yeah that, that's fucking irene right there.
2: So Irene. She's probably dead, right? I believe she died about 10 years ago, yeah. Well, there you go. Time uh, makes fools of us all. She stuck her nose into one too many people's <laughs> business. <laughs> so anyway, Miss Palmer, yeah, she's a busybody. She's uh she is annoying and she basically uh is just talking to Tom about nonsense, keeping him from going inside, and he sort of blows her off a little bit and uh, and and ends up she she talks about how her husband had a stroke, and that is important later. I think Herman. it's her husband she's referring to. Yeah, Herman. And or is it that Herbert? Doesn't yeah. matter. It'll become important later, but we'll we get back we to never it. meet him anyway, so it doesn't matter. So he goes inside and sits on a nice white couch, and then his wife, his his fairly recent uh, wife, Lisa, comes in. Isn't Lisa a name that I that you connect with the late eighties as well? Oh yeah, yeah Lisa Gibbons, remember her? Lisa Gibbons,
1: it's all about Lisa Gibbons
2: So they have this exchange Which is fairly innocuous But it will be a nice counterpoint To everything else in the entire movie Hi, honey Oh
0: God, I'm glad to see you You're the best thing I've seen all day Oh, that's day, huh? The worst God, I'm so tired, it's unbelievable
2: so she then uh, tells him, even though he's very tired. In fact, he looks tired throughout this entire movie. Yeah. That that Ben is coming over tonight, and who's Ben Mo?
1: Ben is Tom's best friend. Mm-hmm. He's also one of the
2: pilots at the uh, uh, airline. Yeah. Airline, right? Sure. And he also is like. 30 a, years older. Yeah, yeah. He, he
1: he comes from the um from the Henny Youngman school of comedy.
2: Oh my yes.
1: Uh actually I love Ben. I think Ben was like Ben's the kind of guy who me as a human would love to just have a couple of beers with and sure. just and just talk with all night. Um you know and until well at least for like an hour and a half until i get fed up with him and be like all right all right you're done get get <laughs> out of the house now. but
2: that, that seems to be almost the relationship tom has with him because he all he says is that that he he finds ben really irritating even though he was his best man at his wedding yeah and then he says something particularly strange which is when his wife who who by the way his wife is presented in this movie as like the nicest person in the world who, lisa uh, or yeah lisa I'm, like okay. uh, being very forgiving of all of tom's quirks yeah, but well, she, and,
1: and, like, the more we learn about what's happening, the more you
2: realize she really is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So she tells him that she's making pork chops, and he goes, oh, great, pork chops. I hate pork chops. <laughs> Who so, hates pork chops? Aside from Jewish people and, and Muslims. Muslims. And, yeah. <laughs> and vegans. Yeah. But the rest of us love pork chops. We Better love pork chops They're fucking delicious So a little later on They're having dinner And we It reveals a little bit About the fact that Tom and Lisa They've been married For six months They have kind of like Chit chat about the plane Mm -hmm. Um And also We learn a little bit more Also about Ben As a character He's a bit of a sleazeball
1: Oh yeah yeah He's a total fucking like uh, Um you know, it's funny, like almost every character in this movie, so I won't bring everybody up, but I will bring this person up. Sure. Um, every, like almost every person in this, in this film, like reminds me of somebody I've met in real life. <laughs> yes. Uh, but Ben is, uh, bait. I mean, almost like note for note, uh, like this, like my stepfather's best friend, this guy who looks like a fat elderly Roy Orbison. Um, <laughs> and his name is gene. Uh, You know, and he he would dye his hair black Just to cover up his bald spots And, like, uh, always had sunglasses on And be smoking these cigars and stuff And, uh, like, like, and I was 18 when I knew him You know, like, when, like, like I haven't talked to him in years But, like, I was, like, 18 when he would be over the house all the time And he would always be asking me, you know So, Mo, you you getting the chicks? You getting laid? I'm like, dude, I'm like, like, no, I'm Look at me, you think I'm getting anything?
2: No I'm not getting nothing (laughs) You know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> also, let's not have this conversation, sir.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, you're, you're like in your fucking sixties. Leave me alone.
2: <laughs> I don't want you to masturbate to the thoughts of the stories I want to tell. You. <laughs> so Ben mentions that he's been seeing a new woman. Her name really? is Angel, and she makes him feel young. Mm-hmm. And, and he, he he leans really <laughs> close to the camera. He's like, she just turned eighteen <clears> throat> last throat> week. <laughs> <laughs> the best romp in town. So then there's a knock on the door. So, by the way, during this dinner, Tom looks miserable.
1: <laughs> but someone's fucking enough, angry the whole time.
2: Well, he doesn't like pork chops. <clears throat> yeah. And Lisa really wants him to eat those pork chops, but he's just not having it. So there's a, knock, there's a knock on the door. Tom goes to get it. And it's Miss Palmer once again. And she is suffering from some severe stomach cramps because uh, Herman. Her husband ate a bunch of laxatives and now hes he thought they were chocolate kisses
1: Yeah, he ate the last of the laxatives
2: And now he can't get off the john
1: I've never seen a laxative, that looks
2: like a Hershey kiss, but whatever So, Tom goes to get her some laxatives And while he's gone to get that, we are introduced to more of Mrs. Palmer's characterization What does she do?
1: Oh, she is a snooper Snooper Yeah yes. She starts She starts looking through uh, The magazines Like that are Sort of by the door And she ends up Finding a copy Of Fangoria mm-hmm. And is like Just disgusted by it I love the fact That that Fangoria magazine Keeps coming back Because there's a big Truth or dare ad On the back of it <laughs>
2: And well, it, like, she... it,
1: like The second you see that You're like Oh well that's why It keeps showing up
2: <laughs> I guess Tom had Multiple copies Because in this scene She rolls it up And puts it under her shirt And steals it Right right She also She also like rubs everything with her finger to see if there's dust on it. What an yeah. awful person. Right. She reminds me of my grandmother. <laughs> <laughs> Which uh, my grandmother is startlingly still with us. Uh mm. she's 94, I think. Wow. Uh and uh and she just keeps on trucking, but man, it's yeah, that's what that's what I was reminded of. That's funny. <laughs> So so he gives her the laxatives and she ends up leaving and he even says to himself Look, for the first time she actually came over at a good moment.
1: Yeah, I do so, not really understand. I I like that was the one thing I didn't really get like <laughs> to, like Tom being so annoyed at like his best friend being over.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it none of this matters cuz this I, movie yeah, really we're about doesn't. 8 minutes in yeah. and it's about to turn crazy yeah. like already. Yeah. And yeah, 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 it, yeah. I would say that the the only problem with killing spree is that it peaks a little early because what it's about to happen is my favorite thing in the entire movie, <laughs> <laughs> and it, like there's competition, believe me, but this is it for me. Right. So Tom goes back to the dinner, and Ben and Lisa they're whispering to each other, and they literally are just whispering nonsense to each other, so we can't hear it as the audience. Hey,
1: hey. Anyway,
2: uh, and so Tom returns, and we get a sense that he is a very jealous man. <laughs> and this is by the way the theme of the entire movie of killing spree. Tom, because he was once cheated on, his ex-wife cheated on him, he has become ridiculously possessive and jealous in this relationship, and that is what will define him from now on. Yep. And if you say, if you're like what? What are you talking about, Doug? Well, <laughs> when he <laughs> sees them whispering to each other, this happens. Hey, what's going on here? Nothing. Why?
0: Right. We're talking about old times. Yeah, I'll bet. I can't even leave my wife alone for two minutes with my best friend. Get out of here before I really get mad. <laughs> you oh, horned don't dog. think you're overreacting. Yeah, I think you're jumping to the wrong conclusions, Tom. Hey, you've clearly overstayed your welcome, pal. Now <laughs> get lost. Get out of my house right now before I throw you out, you big ass. <laughs> <laughs>
2: All right, there's two things I love about that. one is him fucking up the line and yeah. it being in the movie and they even acknowledge that on the commentary the uh, asbestos um uh, and and Joe Weinkoop commentary um but then in that end, him calling him a big ass you big ass is the the most beautiful insult it, it, it really it's it the really one is. it's really underused I think yeah I'm gonna start using it more in my in my daily life now. Ben ends up leaving, as you would imagine, after this. Mm-hmm. And Tom goes into the kitchen and it looks like he might be feeling a little guilty. Now Lisa would be perfectly justified in saying, What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> but instead, she like goes up to him and sees if he's okay. And uh, and she, you know, she says that it wasn't necessary for him to fly off the handle, but you know, she understands. Right. Uh, At <laughs> one point here, Tom is talking about how he's kind of disgusted by Ben being so lecherous And he goes He wants to get laid on the layovers If you can pardon the pun I love that line <laughs> But this is where he mentions The fact that his ex-wife cheated on him And that he's a very jealous person And that is something That he probably should work on In his relationship A lot of people Including myself You sometimes have to go through that You know In a relationship Gotta get Boom. over that jealousy
1: Oh I know all about that
2: <laughs> Oh <laughs> There's a little too much
1: insight. And and that's the last I'm going to say about that. Uh, I kind of love how, from from basically from like this moment on, from that line you just played on, like almost every line Tom delivers for the rest of the movie is just a little bit over the top. Oh man. Or like various degrees of over the top.
2: I also just want to talk about right now that there is, from now on until the end of the movie, there are going to be moments where Tom sees red, so something I... is going to make him very upset, and uh, well, I guess we will push him closer to wanting to go on a killing spree. And they do something visually in the movie to show that off, right?
1: And I like how like like the the light will get deeper, the 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 angrier he gets. So like if he's just kind of like getting angry or slightly angry, it's like a like a light pink sort of color on, on him. And then like later in the film You start to see just getting more of a darker red I, yeah. I thought I thought that was like a great like visual You know
2: It was uh, uh, apparently I mean I, uh, pr- uh, quite obviously a reference to Creepshow uh, That kind of candy colored right. uh, cartoonish lighting But it really yeah. works I mean, it, it works it's, great <laughs> And also uh, Well we can see that maybe it's representative also Of Tom's mental state Because that night after that dinner um, We see Tom Uh It's like a POV shot From inside the house And there's actually These crazy Like red and blue Mario Bava lighting everywhere And we see him Enter a room And we get a shot Of his face for a second And he looks Fucking insane Oh yeah His hair is crazy And he sees In this room Lisa and Ben And they're making love Oh yeah And his response Is just like Anyone's response Would be (laughs) Under the circumstances
0: Just Stop
2: And in case you weren't sure that this is supposed to be a dream He actually has a knife in his hand in this scene So Ben (laughs) says to Tom She gives great head Show him doll And then what happens Mo?
1: Oh my god (laughs) This this could arguably be my favorite effect in the entire movie Um, So we get this uh, interesting sort of like uh, Upward angle shot uh where we see Lisa sort of start to come over um ben's he- head actual head, and like not his dick head, yeah, not his penis head um, and her face sort of transforms i mean like sort of a you know drop of the hat thing not sure. not it does not like a you don't see a transformation, <laughs> which is fine, but she sprouts this she ends up sprouting this like gigantic mouth. And it just right over the top of his actual head. It's fucking fantastic. It's something like straight out of Beetlejuice.
2: Yeah, it's it's so cartoonish and crazy. Yeah, and really, and really, I it's it's this movie goes to some strange places, but it never gets really stranger than this.
1: No, this is this is top of the strange pile.
2: Tim Ritter says that when they showed this movie at the Cannes Film Festival in order to try to get, I guess, uh, money or distribution or whatever, that almost everyone walked out after this scene. Huh. Which is amazing because I would it's, have
1: stood and applauded.
2: Yeah, right. But also, like, it's—I mean, I like it. I love this part a lot. Yeah. But it's—it's it's not like d- disturbing or anything. It, It's—it's—it's kind of gross because Ben—they—they've—they—they've they've, they've put this effect where like milk is kind of dripping down his head while yeah, she's kind of like sucking on it, uh, and that's pretty gross. But hey, there's there's going to be some weirder stuff going on—not weirder, but grosser, I would say. Grosser stuff, yeah. So Tom wakes up screaming. Uh and As <laughs> as you do. As you do. And Lisa asks if he's okay, and he just says that it was a bad dream. Uh and and he, he's like suddenly gets up. And he's like, I gotta go and get breakfast. And we do see him briefly uh working at the airport where uh he sits down next to this guy <laughs> who gives him a letter with and the guy wants to be there when he opens the letter because it's his paycheck as well, but it also has some news in it. And what is the news that he receives, Mo?
1: That he has to take a, the airline wants him to take a 40% pay cut. 40%!
2: 40%! These, these <laughs> airline guys gotta get unionized, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> <The laughs>
1: Stewmaster doesn't fuck around.
2: I like his response, which is he is upset, but he's more annoyed than upset. So he's like, oh man, now I gotta get a part time job just to make house payments. It's
1: actually a pretty pretty accurate line read there.
2: Yeah, it was pretty good, eh? Yeah, yeah. The the key is to not give a shit about what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then we, man. then we get the the fanciest edit in the entire movie. The camera zooms into the the check in uh, Tom's hand, and when it zooms out, Lisa is looking at it in uh, in their their house.
1: Uh, I see. I didn't even pay that much attention to. <laughs>
2: it was print. pretty sharp. I thought. Uh huh. So Lisa. Lisa uh, mentions that, you know, she can help. She's not working at the moment, uh, but she could go back to work. She has a journalism degree, uh, but she also could go back to, uh, what what was she doing before? She was
1: uh, an airline stewardess.
2: An airline stewardess, right? But, of course, uh, Tom, his jealousy flares up. He does not want her to work.
1: Right, because she'd get hit on and possibly meet somebody who's less disheveled. She
2: she like just accepts anything he says. She goes, "Okay, I'm gonna go shopping with Marcia." Which, by the way, and
1: he says some like truly brutal shit too to her later, and she just blows it off like it's nothing. Like she's like she is either like just super high all the time, or just the nicest person in
2: existence. So when she says that she's going shopping, he goes for a second. He goes, "Why didn't she do that this afternoon?" But she's like, "Oh, I just didn't." So, I was busy. So she leaves and uh he's tired, he's like looks exhausted, and he's on the couch and he finds a magazine called Romping Romance and he looks <laughs> to her and he goes, What smut? And then he picks up the fangoria that you mentioned before, Mo. Yeah. And he reads it and he turns the pages like super loudly. As he, he reads like people in the movies do where you're like, you just look at a page for a second and it's like, next page, next page.
1: <laughs> like the, like those guys who uh, break open the newspaper and then shake it.
2: <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> and then he finds the linchpin for the entire rest of the plot of the movie. It's a diary. Bum, bum, bum. Or... Is it? Oh, I gave something away
1: Well, I was going to say, we've already had foreshadowing So
2: (laughs) So he finds a diary and starts reading it And it starts with like, it was adventurous and exciting My husband had noticed our attraction to each other the night before at a get-together So uh, this is where we see the the lighting, like the bright red lighting uh, Kind of uh, most notably, except for that dream sequence a little bit ago Mm. So he reads, so obviously he interprets this That uh, Lisa and Ben By the way, let me reiterate again That Ben is like 40 years older Yeah, and he's like (laughs) this
1: Just like lecherous old dude, you know
2: (laughs) I guess he's got some appeal So he puts down the diary after, (laughs) After putting two and two together And then he says this
0: So that's why Buddy Ben called in sick today To screw my wife I can't believe it
2: So yeah, he's a little upset. I
1: don't know why, I like the like the sexy sax music.
2: Playing. <laughs> <laughs> There's some issues with the soundtrack to this movie overall. Yeah. <laughs> so um, then something really interesting happens, Mo. And you might say, "What are you talking about, Doug? I don't remember something interesting happening here." So Tom goes out to the woods to read the diary and to... I guess, I mean, that's really it. But the reason is... And and then we actually see a sequence of him going to the beach. And he's super pissed because of what he's been reading. And he just punches someone randomly in the fucking
1: I, head. I fucking love this moment so much. Like, because, yeah, because he's just basically, like, just punching and kicking his way down this tunnel just at nothing. You know, and then a the dude gets in his way. and He fucking punches him over the side of the <laughs> dock or the pier. Then he finds another guy. Like... In the surf Right He's yeah, yeah, yeah. in the water he's, Yeah he's out in the water And this dude's jogging And must
2: have splashed him Or something he just fucking Attacks the dude And I'm like Is he drowning him? What's really interesting About this sequence Like all of what We just talked about Is that it was actually Filmed by Asbestos felt uh, At one point During the filming Him and uh, he, he said that You know Why don't I go out Because I guess He wasn't filming that day Why don't I go out and get some more footage for a sequence in the movie I'll just take a, a camera guy And we'll just get some stuff And him and Tim Ritter apparently got in a big fight about it At least that's the, what Asbestos' memory of it is Tim seems a little bit more like Ah, I thought, I wasn't sure at the time But now I'm sure uh, But he went out and just got all that stuff in one day when Just, just out of nowhere uh, So that dude who got punched and fell off The edge of the stairwell He uh-huh. just did that out of nowhere Wow Pretty amazing
1: a Little second unit stuff
2: yeah, that's exactly right Uh-huh So, so You he, can call it that when he, By the way, when he beats up that guy in the water For a second, it looks like he killed the guy Well, that's what I
1: said I'm like, is he drowning him? And then right. finally he starts moving
2: again I'm like, nope, still alive Okay No, he can't kill anybody Not yet, yet. Yeah. <laughs> It's not going to take too long for that to start
1: But I do kind of love how uh, When he's trudging back up the beach Like he walks back in front of like, And it's just seconds later and he walks back up in front of the uh, the the pier, the dock that he was, or whatever it is, the uh, whatever it's called. Um yeah. the stairs where, where he had punched punched the guy over the side. Yeah, and the guy had been laying on the beach before, and now he's gone. <laughs> I'm
2: just like, well, yeah, probably <laughs> was smart of him. So uh, we actually cut to a little bit later, and Tom is in the house, his house, and Ben drives up to it, <laughs> knocking over his trash can in the process. <laughs> And saying to his girlfriend, Angel, This is my best friend's house. So really, what Ben has done is he's brought Angel to Tom's house in order to make amends. I guess he feels bad about what happened at the dinner, which is strange because he didn't do anything wrong at all.
1: <laughs> yeah, and it seems weird to me that he would come back to apologize for something he didn't do,
2: yeah, right? Yeah. but anyway, I guess you know, maybe it's just a way to 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 patch up things even if it wasn't his fault yeah, so
1: and and it's a mechanism to ex to uh, to introduce Angel to the to
2: the movie. Now, what's Angel all about? Ugh, <laughs> I I dislike this character. <laughs> well, so I've I, got good news for you, Mo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: um. Anyway, uh, so Angel's a uh, punk rock looking chick. She's got like a big orange Mohican looking uh haircut. Uh, looks fucking ridiculous. Uh, she's carrying around an iguana. <laughs> Uh, And my favorite thing about her is um, There's a line coming up Where she is quite clearly reading Her script from her lap And I just oh my god it made me laugh But yeah she's awful she is just a bitch Uh, She seems Like a terrible human being
2: yeah, I don't like to use the B word, Mo, but you're right. She's a total bitch. <laughs> I, o- I only use it when it's appropriate. <laughs> so she even makes like a comment about whether Tom is into threesomes by any chance. But they've right. been apparently her and Ben again, like forty years or senior. They've been partying all day long, <laughs> um, and uh, at one point, uh, Angel says, "You know," she says, "like just write to Tom's face that he's boring and that she wants to leave because they have a concert they need to go to." Yeah, but before they go to the concert. What she has jerk. to take a whiz. Well, yeah, you know. Well, as you would, right? As you as you do, yeah. And before she leaves to do that, she says this. Uh, oh, oh, and
0: do me a favor while I'm gone. Um, Would you get a purpose in life? Oh. <laughs>
2: <laughs> what a
1: kidder. She's really something. Ben's response. Yeah, she's <laughs> really something. Oh, what a kidder. <laughs> what a jerk. Well, Ben... Like, ben. You're, like you're in the dude's house Like you're, like he's showing you hospitality By even letting your fucking high drunk ass in And you've and, arrived
2: just to apologize
1: Yeah And then you immediately make a uh, jerk out of yourself
2: Well maybe this is more of the reason That Tom and Ben don't get along that well Maybe Because Ben then asks to Tom if he can have a toot Oh right And he pulls out this big ridiculous pipe Now when he said a toot initially, did you think what I thought, Mo, which is that he wanted some cocaine?
1: I thought, yeah, I assumed that, and then he pulled the pipe out. I'm like, oh, he's talking about like
2: pot. Okay, yeah, he just wants pot. Who gives a yeah. shit? Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> this is 2016. I mean, I guess
1: it, I guess in '87 that was a big deal, and now it'd be like, yeah, sure. Here, you
2: but thought I mean. he was gonna pull out his his vaping equipment and do big plumes? No, no, no. <laughs> no? I did no, I did not. You didn't think that? <laughs> Probably smelled like cotton candy or something.
1: Everybody says cotton candy I don't, I don't.
2: <laughs> anyway, Tom who <laughs> who seems very confused about what's happening uh he says um, he'll go upstairs to check if he has any marijuana, and while he does that, a lot of really weird electronic sounds are on the soundtrack, <laughs> yeah,
1: and it's really funny too, because, like just looking at Tom like you know he's got pot, I mean, come on,
2: yeah, no kidding, the no guy, joke. I think you could cut some of that hair off and smoke it, right, so Tom is upset. <laughs> He hides it well to a point. (laughs) But he goes upstairs, and then we hear some maniacal laughter.
1: Here's where he starts laughing, and he doesn't stop for the rest of the movie. For
2: the rest of the movie. (laughs) So, this is what happens he appears at this balcony above uh, Ben, and Ben looks up, and he seems a little bit confused about the fact that Tom is laughing. And, well, let's just hear what he says.
0: (laughs) What the hell are you talking about? Son of a bitch! Just like in my dreams. <laughs> so I got your girlfriend to give me some head too, buddy. Her head! To the wild on this, bud!
2: Oh my god. <laughs> 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 Okay There's certain parts of that That have to be explained If you haven't seen it A Him saying
0: Two to one on this
2: bird Is Beautiful it really is But that sound you hear at the end That sounds sort of like A melon being cracked open Is Tom Throwing the decapitated head of Angel He's throwing it at Ben And it hits him on the head And kills him
1: Well no He beats him with it later No He doesn't yeah, he does. He totally does. I there's, don't think so. Yeah, there's a shot that comes back later. It's very brief. Uh, there's a shot that come, where he comes back later and he's and he's beating Ben with the severed head. It's ridiculous.
2: Well, it is ridiculous. Um, I, let's let's just agree that it's ridiculous. We'll agree
1: that it's ridiculous. I love the and by love I mean really hate the Foley effects. <laughs> uh, but like they're they're so like terrible that it's awesome. Like, like in case in point that melon cracking noise for for him tossing the head at, at Ben. oh my god there, there is a scene later where um where the sound effects they use make so little sense that like it took me a second to realize what the hell was even going on um well when we get to it I'll I'll point it out. But but you I have a feeling you probably know exactly what I'm talking yeah,
2: about. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Now yeah. this is what's notable about the scene as well, this is actually kind of not a very nice story, is no. is that Herschel Gordon Lewis, he saw the sequence from Killing Spree, uh huh, and he was very apparently he was very um, upset at the quality of the dummy head used in the sequence.
1: What, was he, was he pissed off that it wasn't a styrofoam wig head with That's paper? That's like, like let's
2: face it. The effects in a lot of Herschel Gordon-Lewis movies are piss poor.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, there's a lot of really fun stuff in, in HGL's work. But, I mean, like, the fact of the matter is, is that this is the same guy who, like I just said, used a styrofoam fucking uh, wig head. Or, you know, like, the same sort of guys who would do the uh wig on a watermelon trick, you know.
2: <laughs> I like that trick though. <laughs> yeah, it's, it is it's a lot of fun especially he was also,
1: the tr- the classic Tromo one.
2: He apparently was also very critical of the fact that this scene doesn't have very much blood in it. There wasn't. Yeah, there isn't, but that's fine. It's not like yeah. there's no blood in the fucking movie. Right. And for that sequence for that particular bit, it's like it's really important that you get across that this is a man getting hit in the skull with a severed head doesn't really need to be all that bloody though maybe a bit of blood on that guy's head would help to-
1: right <laughs> a little something
2: so uh tom then proceeds to bury ben's corpse uh, <laughs> uh apparently again this is another little bit nugget from the commentary they tried to uh film this part at night and it was so dark that you couldn't see what the fuck was going on so that's why it takes place basically in bright sunlight <laughs> <laughs> but he and, like it's it's within like Visible distance of where he lives <laughs> But I guess it's okay He's just going to bury some corpses there
1: Well, I mean, later on He doesn't even fucking bother burying them anymore He's just like, hey, well, here's an oil drum I'll just stick it in there
2: Before tossing uh, uh, Angel's head into the, uh, the, the grave He gives it a nice big kiss No, yeah. Gross Except it's Gross. just a fake head Ah, yeah, whatever <laughs> So a little bit later uh, Tom is asleep um, on the couch or is he? <laughs> and Lisa comes in and she comes in just to see you know, that he's asleep. But she finds her diary on the table in front of him and she kind of picks it up and walks off nervously. And then we, we see him open his eyes and we get a big close-up of his crazy face.
1: I love that crazy face.
2: Apparently this shot was a tribute to Maniac. Hmm. Yeah, the Joe Spinell film.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I assumed you didn't mean the Elijah Wood version
2: <laughs> Well, there's also a movie called Maniac from like the 1930s That you could have been confused by Oh, fair point Next the, day
1: The Dwayne Esper one
2: There you go Next day, Lisa asks Tom if everything is okay And he's back to kind of his old self again He's just talking about how he's been tired And he just didn't feel like moving off the couch So she she's like, okay So she goes off to play tennis
1: She's like, here, have some breakfast I put some donuts on a plate for you
2: you know what? I think eating donuts for breakfast is is a much more popular American thing than it is in Canada. We, I don't do it, but some places do it, right? People yeah. do it.
1: Yeah, people eat and, and donuts for breakfast. I don't fucking get it.
2: <laughs> so uh, she mentions that the electrician um, is is going to be visiting.
1: I love the fact that like it seems like every day. For you know, several days straight, there are people showing up to work on things in the house, and they're just complaining about how they have no money.
2: Right. (laughs) Well, shit's got to get done. Look, I guess. Look, I don't have any money either, Mo. But when my television broke recently, it had to be replaced.
1: Uh, No, I hear you.
2: That's a fucking priority. Anyway, priority. So she just mentioned that there's, I guess, some of the wall sockets are not working properly, and the electrician is going to visit, and that makes Tom very anxious, and he leaves suddenly. And she seems concerned, but whatever So later, we see the electrician knock on the door And he, immediately, she seems to be flirting with this guy
1: Well, I love, yeah, in my notes I, I say The electrician shows up and she opens the door Like it's the start of, start of a bad porno
2: Yeah, right? It really is <laughs> His line is like, I uh, hear you have some wall receptacles That are not giving you any juice <laughs> <laughs> Before we, we continue with them, it actually cuts to Tom who instead of being at work, he's at some sort of like bar. He's at a bar, yeah. <laughs> they do this like like slow pan across the uh, the top of the bar. There's this guy who's like hitting on some women, talking yeah. about that he's making. It's like it's not a porno movie; it's an art film.
1: I love that line.
2: <laughs> so I, t- I wonder,
1: I wonder how many people successfully got women in bed by saying that.
2: Probably was easier at a certain time Not so much now Not so
1: much these days
2: So we get a little uh, uh, clip of Tom's inner monologue uh, In regards to his thoughts on, uh, you know, everything that's going on in his life It sounds like this
0: She's a sick woman Just (laughs) like my other wife They all are She has to be stopped (laughs) No, no, no I I, I won't kill her, it's... It's not her fault It's the sick men like Like Ben who have to be stopped They all have to be stopped From ruining my wife
2: (laughs) (laughs) And he says that he just like slams his drink down And basically runs out of the bar
1: Yeah and it's funny Like it it really cracks me up how like It's everybody else's fault Not hers Right But But she's a sick woman Just like his other wife yeah,
2: but he he doesn't blame her. He's like he, she has these sexual needs that I guess maybe he's not sure if he's fulfilling. But the the thing is, it's these men that are tempting her. That's what he needs to. That's why he won't let her work and stuff like that. Right? He wants right. to lock her away, like Rapunzel in her I don't know, like her tower or something.
1: Um, yeah, I'm not sure. really a
2: fairy tale guy. Me neither. <laughs> so so we cut back to uh, Lisa and her uh, interactions with the electrician. And at this point, she's laying. She's like draped across the bed. I don't know why they have a single bed in this room, uh, but he—he he, uh, has- well,
1: because this is the uh, guest bedroom. Yes, the guest yeah.
2: bedroom. So she's there, um, and she's laying across the bed, basically, and uh, and flirting with him.
1: Well, we we need to clarify something first. Tom comes home and he searches through the house and he finds her book. Right, and then he, and then he goes and sits on the toilet and he that- reads it.
2: That's exactly yeah. That's so, actually incredibly important for what's happening. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Because because without knowing that, it really does seem like she's cheating on him now. But <laughs> right. it's but it's that's not the case. He's just reading what's in her book.
2: Right. So yeah. she talks about to the electrician that she's like gets lonely with her husband working long hours, and you know what that means, Mo. Uh huh. Bomb chicka Yeah. So he she says this to the guy. So, Mister Electrician, how would you like to fix my wiring? I
1: thought you'd never
2: ask. The actress who plays uh Lisa, mm-hmm. she uh she does not uh show any skin in this movie.
1: Uh yeah,
2: not really, no. Not the not the bathroom areas. <laughs> Not
1: the bathing suit areas
2: Bathing suit areas is probably a lot better way to say what I said Yeah, yeah, yeah Um, Because apparently that was something that There was some contention about it Like some of the producers didn't want to have any nudity Which is the last time a producer has ever suggested that, I think
1: Yeah, first Um, and last
2: Yeah, right? But also she wasn't comfortable doing nudity And they didn't want to switch her out Because they wanted to keep her acting prowess in the movie Right So Uh, Let me play that clip again. (laughs) So, Mr. Electrician, how would you like to fix my wiring? How
1: would you like to fix my wiring? I thought you'd never ask.
2: (laughs) Yes. I thought you'd never ask. Now, this would be a good point, Mo, for me to mention that uh, if you get this special edition of Killing Spray on DVD, as, as I mentioned before, it has two commentaries on it. And one of them has Tim Ritter, and he's... Uh, eloquent And he goes into All the difficulties He had making the movie And all the limitations he, Anyway it's very interesting Very good if you're A low budget filmmaker That's the one to listen to mm. The other one has Asbestos felt And Joel Weinkoop on it
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> And it's fun If you're in the mood for it But if you're looking For information on the movie All you're going to get Is how much these two men Want to have sex With the actress Playing Lisa
1: Well I mean It's entirely
2: understandable She's, very attra- uh, she's a very
1: attractive woman
2: Very attractive woman <laughs> But they are basically drooling over her the entire ninety minutes of that fucking commentary. <laughs>
1: there's a there's a moment here that I fucking love where she so she yes, I know exactly. she slides she slides under the under the covers fully dressed and uh, the electrician starts to get naked and he just smacks the shit out of the ceiling fan <laughs> as he's pulling his shirt off. <laughs> Well, that, that'll that
2: play into something that happens a little later
1: Yeah, it's, I think it's unintentional Yeah, uh, no foreshadowing. Kidding.
2: <laughs> I love that while that's happening It cuts back to Tom reading on the toilet The diary And he right. goes Why is she writing all this down? <laughs> 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 so then it cuts to the next day
1: what, and- I, what I love is that Tom, instead of, like, a rational human being, which, I mean, let's just face facts, the entire movie is just about irrationability, mm-hmm. you know, uh, or irrationalness. Um, <laughs> instead of, like a, like, a, like, a rational human being, instead of just asking her what all this is about, he just keeps reading it and getting angrier and angrier. I mean, it, clearly, if this woman is cheating on him, you would bring it up.
2: Well, I, mean, I, think, I think that's a sign of a, of a uh, difficulty in a relationship is lack of communication. Right. <laughs> so fucking ridiculous. Speaking but ridiculous. I mean, I have a
1: 100% fail rate in relationships, so, you know, I, I'm not one to even talk.
2: So the next day, Tom is not feeling well. <laughs> so or, or, he's so, laying, or so he says. He's laying in bed, and, uh, and Lisa's checking on him, asking if he has a virus, and he just says that he's just tired. He just needs to rest. So she goes out, she says she'll be back later this afternoon.
1: He says and the stew master will cover for him. Yeah,
2: that's right. Who's <laughs> someone who he works with. Yeah. So she leaves and he immediately gets up and does what mo? <laughs> he immediately
1: starts sharpening giant machetes <laughs> and makes and and turns his entire ceiling fan into he turns the blades of the ceiling fan into machetes
2: I love how that is his idea Yeah, <laughs> like, like, This is the best way to take care of this particular problem Yeah, like,
1: like, I don't need to just, you know, stab him or anything like that I mean, you had a machete to begin with And like, and so instead of just using the machete You decided to, which is awesome for, in a film standpoint But I mean, practicality, come on
2: So he calls the electrician to say that uh, one of his wall sockets still don't work Even after the electrician came the day before He gets really irritated Talking to the person He just goes It just goes off and on For some reason
1: (laughs) It's not It's not my wiring It's your wiring
2: (laughs) So then The electrician Comes to check on it (laughs) And this is another Amazing fucking scene This is
1: one of the most Oblivious uh, Electricians (laughs) Of all
2: time Because he goes Into this room And there is A fucking ceiling fan With machetes on it And then this happens
0: Funny, I've never seen fan blades like these before. <laughs> and you got this thing awfully low too. How about a
1: haircut slime, ball! <laughs> <laughs> Oh mother.
2: <laughs> so, in case you couldn't figure out what was going on there. With him saying You got this thing Awfully low
1: (laughs) Tons of foreshadowing
2: Tom grabs him by the legs He goes How about a haircut slime ball And then he Puts his head up Into the fucking machetes Where it gets lopped off In a very obvious reference To Dawn of the Dead Where the helicopter blade uh, Cuts off the guy's Top of the guy's head And then Tom just sits Covered in blood Laughing like a fucking maniac
1: Yep It's beautiful And then the next scene We get one of the greatest visuals
2: ever What is it? What happens? Oh my god
1: So we uh, we cut to the next scene And Tom Well, I mean Tom first stashes the body In his attic And moves <laughs> and, and moves the truck um, <laughs> Jesus But then he's got some cleaning to do, right? And then he's got some cleaning to do And he just And this motherfucker strips down To the most ridiculous pair of underpants I have ever seen Um, In fact, if you're a friend of mine on Facebook, uh, which is probably not a whole lot of you, um, (laughs) I posted the screen grab of this. Uh, I couldn't see what it said on the front of it, on the front of his underpants, but he's basically wearing the tiniest fucking black underwear ever. And it says something on the dick and it says on the ass. I got to pull it up to... I guess... On the ass it says, here's the buns It says, here's the buns So I'm guessing, like, on the front It's like, here's the dog Or something like that Or here's the wiener
2: Or here's Here's the sausage Or something like that
1: Right, right Something equally eloquent But on the back it says, here's the buns
2: So he's, like, vacuuming
1: He's uh, steam cleaning the room Yeah, that's right He's steam cleaning the room Shampooing Shampooing
2: Shampooing (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Woo! Woo! so Lisa arrives and uh, she's a little confused about what she sees As was I <laughs> <laughs> And she was like, what are you doing? And he's just like, I'm just cleaning the carpet It hasn't been clean in five months since we moved in here So yeah, he's acting like a weirdo again <laughs> But she says, well, you didn't have to shampoo it Which leads to the, you know, there's a lot of great line readings in this fucking movie Oh yeah <laughs> This, I think, is my favorite in the whole thing
0: You could have just vacuumed I mean you didn't have to shampoo it Oh no it was quite a mess (laughs) More than you'll
1: ever know More than you'll ever know
2: (laughs) 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 He's just laughing right in her face And instead of going What what does that mean She's like okay
1: (laughs) Yeah exactly And 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 that was the point I was bringing up earlier Like he's maniacally laughing like that Every time he's setting up one of these kills You know or explaining one of them and, like, nobody ever questions it. Like, all of a sudden, this dude's just maniacally
2: laughing, and everybody's like,
0: all right. Whatever.
2: I mean, the, the impression you get is that he's just always been a fucking weirdo. Yeah. More and than you, she's just kind of. you'll to it. ever know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. It was quite a mess. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. So, uh,. The, that night, they're actually both just laying around in robes for whatever reason. Hey, why not? And uh, she they have a conversation about how he's possessive and that she should really get a job. And he's like, no, no, we don't need to do that. Then she's like, okay, let's take a look at what's on TV. Uh, by the way, this is 1987, so she doesn't have a clicker. She has to go over and turn on the television. Uh. And she discovers that it's broken. <laughs> no. So you know what that <laughs> means, Mo. Oh. It's time to call in the Wine the wine Coop yeah, That's right The karate master himself the gets to be called in The karate master
1: himself He did all of the karate choreography in this film
2: So yeah, that's right Choreography by Joel Weinkoop. So Joel Winecoop, He is the television repairman uh, We do see the next day There's a shot that's right between her legs As he's fixing this television
1: I love that shot
2: He talks about how he went to electronic school But wants to open up a kickboxing and karate school
1: it was like judo or something like that, right? Yeah,
2: right. Yeah. And and then uh, he says that it's going to cost him fifty five dollars, but he likes her, so let her do it. He'll let her have it for forty
1: dollars. Ah, uh, those uh that nineteen eighty seven money.
2: Now, Tom is supposed to be at work, and really, he should be working because they obviously need the money. But we see his boss get a call. Well, actually, his secretary gets a call from Tom saying he's not coming in And the boss guy's like, he's a bit pissed off He's like, what's he doing? He's not paying attention at work? I wonder why he's so distracted
1: <laughs> And I like how the uh, the secretary is, like, at the boss's desk answering the phones, you know And she's like, oh, you're not coming in again, Tom? Okay
2: Then we actually see Lisa get a call yeah. um, And she picks it up And this, <laughs> this is one of those red herring scenes where it's like Look if you're watching The movie up to this point You probably have already Figured out what's going on At least to some extent Yeah
1: I figured it out Pretty quick
2: Yeah right yeah. I mean it's presented In a way That you can obviously Because all of these scenes Of her cheating on him Are done in a Fantasy style sequence Yeah
1: not to mention The fact that like Yeah they don't really I mean from the moment He picks up that Romance mag You know like You're like oh okay Clearly yeah. I know What's happening
2: yeah. So unless you're A fucking idiot You've probably put Two and two together yeah. <laughs> So she gets a call in this sequence and From someone named Dan
1: We're gonna get messages On the Facebook group Like well I guess I'm a fucking idiot
2: Well person Theoretical person Yeah you're a yeah. fucking idiot yeah, I figured a, it out So a, you should've figured it out
1: Yeah and I'm a fucking moron and I'm, I'm
2: from Newfoundland So um, <laughs> You have no excuse sir Or you, madam You win Um. So she she gets a call From someone named Dan And she goes I can't just break away Tom would suspect something And I don't wanna make him mad Which makes it look like She's trying to get away To cheat on him Yeah but that's not really what it is We'll find out a little bit later
1: Is that Dan Jerkins?
2: <laughs> that's right, Jerkins <laughs> so, so then she goes to get a shower And uh, <laughs> it's very clear that they're they're editing around her inability to do nudity uh, But this is one of those things that you and I know Because we've watched a lot of movies Is when you see a sequence like this and like someone goes to take a shower And it doesn't show anything Then you know that you're not going to be seeing anything For the rest of the movie from this oh, person Oh yeah without a doubt yeah. <laughs> no,
1: no actually it was, fr- it was from the moment That the, electrici- the electrician came And she went under the covers
2: fully dressed I'm like yeah we're not going to be seeing any nudity at all of this uh, I like by the way you have to I, I, I didn't really think of this when I was watching the movie But this is still being directed by an 18 year old <laughs> Right right exactly So she's getting in the shower She, gets, she hears the doorbell ring so and she answers, "Yep."
1: There, I was gonna say there are a couple of moments in the shower. I hate to sound like this total fucking pervert, but I'm gonna do it anyway. Uh huh. Um, you know, my name's porn after all. Uh, there are a couple of moments where you get a little glimpses of what's happening. You know, uh, uh, in the no-no area, and it's like clear that she's just wearing a fucking strapless bathing suit top.
2: Feels like I'm talking to Joel Weinkoop over here. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, this babe! Oh my god! I wanna. <laughs> And then, and then someone says uh, this. Oh, oh, look at them! <laughs> oh, 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 they're so beautiful. Oh, I love them. Oh, they're big kazoobies. <laughs> That's right. That's right. The big Kazoobies. So anyway, now,
1: now that movie had some legendary nudity.
2: So they, uh, there's a, a knock at the door, or the doorbell rings. She goes and answers it in a towel, and there's this dude wearing a fucking idiotic cowboy hat.
1: This is the this is the most ridiculous character in the movie and this is a movie that features asbestos felt (laughs) this is the most ridiculous character in the end this dude sound this is the uh this is the the delivery package guy right yeah this dude is totally like hamming it up like pulling a fucking like dan Aykroyd, steve martin you know wild and crazy guys sort of thing the like he's just strutting in it's Fucking ridiculous! She I'm,
2: asks how much the delivery is, and he yeah. says sixty nine ninety five because of the sixty nine part, right? Right, right. But the thing is, it makes it seem like that maybe it was some other price, but it was so important for him to say sixty nine that he just said that. Right. right. <laughs> it might have been like one hundred and twenty dollars.
1: It was actually like fifteen bucks.
2: <laughs> yeah. He goes, She goes to him. By the way, I was taking a shower in case in you case didn't you didn't notice. <laughs> So we cut briefly to Tom, who is at the bar, once again, just chain-smoking, right? He's having a hard time, this Tom. Poor Tom. Poor Tom. Then we cut back to Lisa again, and she, had, she she doesn't have a lot of shit to do during the day. Get a shower. Now it's time for some sunbathing. Right. Now you want to talk about ridiculous characters, Mo.
1: This guy's ridiculous, too.
2: So wh- explain this character to me.
1: Uh, the uh, the chubby, bemolletted surfer dude?
2: Yes! Yeah,
1: that's 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 him, in a nutshell. And he sounds like this. Like, hey, babe. Like, I'm from Moral Lawn Care Service, you know? I'm, like, here to cut the grass. Like, the waves are really kicking, you know, so I'm a little late. So I'll just go ahead
2: and charge you ten bucks, okay?
1: I'm so for- gonna, like, shoot the curl <laughs> and, like,
2: you know... Gleam the cube. Gle- yeah, gleam the cube. <laughs> <laughs> for those who weren't around in the late 80s... That was a character that was in a lot of uh, popular culture that yeah. probably didn't really exist, but also wasn't funny.
1: <laughs> no, it was never funny. You know, I mean, even the funniest version of that, the Spicoli and uh, right in Fast Times. You know, uh, even he wasn't that funny.
2: <laughs> it's amazing you went for Spicoli, and you're right; that is absolutely the best example. Yeah, I went for that guy on the the sitcom Step by Step in the 90s. oh,
1: nice, yeah, the Sasha. Um...
2: Right? Yeah, he was like a real life like martial arts. Yeah, expert. he was
1: a yeah, he was a fucking like kickboxing champ.
2: <laughs> so anyway, there was that kind of character around. This guy's annoying. Uh and um yeah, so she's confused because she did not hire someone to cut the grass. But apparently Tom called him two weeks ago.
1: What was the uh trauma movie that he was in that he played like a cyborg? Was that class of nineteen
2: ninety nine? Was that I don't think Class of '99 was a trauma movie.
1: Oh, uh, maybe it wasn't trauma, but he was in it. Yeah, 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 yeah. He actually was in a, a
2: few of those. Like, <laughs> he was in
1: a couple of decent things. If you so, want to call that decent, I guess.
2: So she tells the mower guy to go right ahead. Yeah. So then, a little bit later, we see Tom searching the house for the diary. I guess uh, with the realization that she shouldn't just leave the fucking thing out on the table. Right. She, he finds it uh, in the bathroom, and things go red once again. And he reads about her experience with a TV repairman, <laughs> and this is where we get uh, really some choice Joel Weinkoop dialogue here.
1: I'm trying to not laugh like really hard right now, but this is like one of the greatest pieces of dialogue. In the- <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, so she in this segment in this story that <laughs> Tom is reading, <laughs> the television repairman is bragging about his physical prowess. <laughs> Which leads him to say this. Listen carefully. Why oh, are you
0: strong? You don't need
2: any help then.
0: What, are you kidding? i bench press ten times as much as this.
1: My karate keeps me in top physical form.
0: <laughs> oh, you have a wonderful body then. Yeah, I know. i work out. Yeah, every I day. know. You should do all my trophies at home. I've got second
2: place in every karate tournament I've ever been in. Oh, man. <laughs> second place in every karate tournament is
1: ever been in. <laughs> oh, that's such a great line. Like he's like not even first place. I became in second place. Oh, I lo- Joel,
2: you're the best. They yeah. cut to Tom reading the diary again and he goes, "Great, a muscular karate expert." <laughs> 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 so then they cut to him reading about the delivery guy who's been invited into the house to have like a drink or something. And he comes in and he's like Chucking and jiving like Dusty Rhodes yeah,
1: yeah. Oh yeah 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 Actually Dusty Rhodes is a much better example Yeah like I mean like I was thinking Wild and crazy guy but no man he is Full on Dusty Rhodes Like you're just expecting like Sweet Sapphire To fucking walk in behind him you know He's Supposed to be wearing like fucking
2: black With yellow polka dots So it's notable that Tom and Lisa's house Has almost nothing on the walls at all
1: Um, Almost nothing yeah. Almost nothing there's yeah.
2: one exception What is it Moe?
1: It's a naked drawing of Lisa.
2: Yes. There's a naked drawing. Oh, yeah. So, anyway, uh, this delivery guy takes notice of the
1: fact that that's. Of course he does, because he's the biggest fucking horn dog in the film. He's a little
2: lecherous. So he sits he down. He's super he start, lecherous. He starts reading that Fangoria uh, issue again.
1: You are not allowed to be. You're not allowed to have that mustache and not be a lecherous
2: <laughs> maniac. So he's like. Uh, he starts uh, reading one of those romance magazines that are there and he basically mocks her for it. But this is important. Uh, that's why I'm mentioning it. It'll be important a little bit later. Right. So she talks about being bored and lonely and she she's still in her towel because remember it's 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 from before. She, he's reading a story about the events that took place before. By the way, this is all very it makes it very obvious about what's going on here.
1: Yeah, at this at this point if you haven't figured it out, you
2: know. So she opens up her towel and suggests that because it's a hot day, why don't they cool off together? <laughs> So the suggestion, I like, by the way, that, that in this fantasy sequence, this fucking delivery guy is this fat, sweaty cowboy man. Yeah. Who shows him going into the shower behind her and like, like, like coming up behind her and like kissing on her shoulders. And in, wearing the hat. Wearing the hat in the shower. In the shower. <laughs> oh my God. And then it cuts back to Tom reading and he goes, the delivery man. Oh, sick. That scrawny lawn maintenance man. (laughs) 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 Because then it cuts to the next story, which, oh, sorry. Boy, I gave a little bit away there, didn't I? A little bit. (laughs) So the lawn guy, it shows him rubbing her leg. And she goes. He goes like, "Why don't we go back to my bachelor pad? You know, my van." <laughs> and she thinks that's fucking great. But By the way,
1: I'd like, love to see your double wide van
2: That's right. She has a house right next to her. Yeah. Why not go to the van instead? So the, she gets in the van with him, and it shows it start. I rocking. love. I love
1: how he goes. I'll pick you up And like he literally Picks her up And carries her To the front yard Where the van is
2: (laughs) The van starts rocking Immediately of course When they get into it Jesus Christ And then it goes back To Tom once again Who goes Three in one day That bitch (laughs) (laughs)
1: Oh god
2: So a little bit later Or the next day Tom and Lisa Are talking about The fact that they have bills Um, And he mentions her That he's gotten a night job Which is a total lie Yep But he suggests that while he's like raising money, that he wants Lisa to go stay with that stupid mother of yours (laughs) until he can straighten this out.
1: Oh man!
2: (laughs) So she leaves. Uh, She she agrees to this, by the way. I mean, again, she agrees to everything. She agrees to yeah. So she goes off to stay with her stupid mother for a while, (laughs) and. She tells him, by the way, that the TV man will be there to deliver the fixed TV later And that'll be important By the way, there is something noto- noticeable about the uh, the cab that picks up, Lisa Do you know what that is, Mo? That it's not a cab? Well, it's not, but it does have something spray-painted on it
1: Oh, um, yeah, I, I, I didn't write it down
2: Well, it says Ritter Cab Company oh. Like Tim Ritter, the director of the movie Oh, I see what they did there so it's she's a, gone. It's a, sta- it's a station wagon. So Lisa's out of the picture, which is important for what's about to happen. So the TV guy Joel Weinkoop delivers the TV. Uh, first thing he does is he asks if the wife is around, but Thomas having nothing, none of that. <laughs> he starts questioning his martial arts ability right away.
1: Yeah, and he starts mocking judo. Like
2: immediately, he goes, how about a live demonstration? All sounds like hocus pocus to me. <laughs> <laughs> So it's like it's punching and kicking, it's not fucking magic. I know. I guess he was you know, there were a lot of ninja movies in the 80s. I guess he thought that's what it was. Yeah. So they get in a fight and we get some some really sweet Joel Weinkoop karate choreography. Where Tom just takes a swing at him and Joel blocks it and then he just knocks him down. <laughs> <laughs> he punches him in the face. I think he says, like, I'd have taken your head off, pretty boy.
1: Well he um yeah, yeah. Joel uh yeah, like he throws a punch at him, he blocks him, and then he like kind of fake kicks him in
2: the right. head Right, to show yeah. that he could have done it
1: Right, right <laughs> so and, then the- T- and then Tom just puts him down, it's fucking ridiculous <laughs>
2: Well, Tom picks up a vase and smashes, or like some sort of glass thing, and smashes it over his head Well, that's after like Yeah, that's pu- after right? Yeah, he
1: punches him and knocks him to the ground first, and then he's like, oh, you know, just pay me my money, well, you know, I'll I'll get out of here And then, and then he makes the mistake of turning his back on him, and he just yeah. Fucking smashes him over the
2: head, as if it's not fucking obvious that Tom is out of his mind. Yeah, he's
1: fucking mental.
2: So later, uh, Joel Wankoop, the TV guy, is tied up in the attic, um, and he wakes up, <laughs> and uh, Tom, well, Tom has this to say to him. Oh
0: yeah, you did a good job on the TV. <laughs> Great picture. Great picture. <laughs> to make sure the proper voltage was running through. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, anyway. <laughs> that yes. sounds... That's, That's him
1: revving up a chainsaw
2: Yes, so he revs up a chainsaw uh, We get uh, the, the chainsaw We don't actually see it go into his stomach But it's like it's a point of view of him pushing it towards him right. And then blood goes everywhere And then we see Tom yanking out his intestines
1: Yeah, what do you think of this scene, HGL?
2: Though <laughs> the, the intestines are obviously Piled up in front of his shirt and He's just like yanking them out yeah. And then he does something really weird with those intestines
1: yeah, he like uh, he like attaches them to the open television set. Yes, and then like turns the TV on and starts zapping him. He electrifies him. The fuck! Intestine. The fucking guy is already sliced open and his intestines have been pulled out. Electrocuting him, I mean, really seems like overkill. Like, I mean, literally overkill. Literally overkill.
2: <laughs> so a little bit later. Uh, we briefly see the nosy neighbor walking her dog. She seems very curious about what's going on. There's some really ridiculous music in this scene too. So we see Tom is on the phone and he's uh, calling the uh, the company, the delivery company, of course, mm-hmm. and he's asking whether they pick up packages at home because he needs to send one out. Yeah. Also- what
1: now? Now, what does he say his address
2: is? Like it's six six six. Is it? Did he say Fearless Lane? Or- I think it was Fearless Lane, something <laughs> like that. And he also calls the Mower Man Lawn Service. And he asks, he says that the guy who came yesterday missed an awful lot of things out there So they, he tells him to send the same guy again <laughs> <laughs> And he, we know he has plans because in the meanwhile in time he's digging something in the backyard So the mower guy arrives And he's like, hey dude <laughs> What did I miss? Uh, he, also yell, he also actually uh, admonishes Tom because in his digging he's apparently cut a sprinkler line I don't know why that, it was a part of it actually
1: it's it's it comes back once, but it, like to no real yeah. importance.
2: So the motor guy says, "What did I miss?" And Tom goes, "This," and hits him in the head with the shovel. Yep. A little bit later, the dude wakes up. Like the dude wakes up, and he's buried up to his neck, pretty much, in the hole that uh, Tom has has dug in the backyard. Mm-hmm. And now Tom is sitting in front of him, and he uh, he says this. I hope you enjoyed that massage you gave my wife yesterday.
1: (laughs) She's got such smooth, tender
0: skin, doesn't she? What the hell are you talking about, man? She was just sitting out sunbathing. I never touched her. All I did was look. I swear to God. What did she tell you? Hey, hey, the old bachelor pad, huh? Man, you're crazy, man. Let me out of here. Help! Help!
1: So uh so so the uh the dude uh continues to scream like that for a good solid maybe minute and a yeah, half. Yeah, he screams well, for a very long time. While Tom slowly unties his shoe uh and pulls his sock off and stuffs it into the dude's mouth, I'm thinking to myself like surely there's got to be a quicker way
2: <laughs> to to quiet somebody. Certainly if you were say the director of a movie and had total control over these sort of things. <laughs>
1: Maybe, maybe, maybe not have the guy wear like fifteen eye boots. You know?
2: <laughs> so Tom is there, and he's gonna turn on the mower, and he turns to the dude. And he goes, "Don't worry, I'll get it started. I'm really good with machines." Okay. <laughs> so, what by, his- by
1: the way, this is the scene with the truly terrible Foley work in it. Like, there's just weird, like squirting noises and stuff. And it's like I, it took
2: me forever to realize what the hell had actually happened. So uh, what Tom's uh, Tom's endgame here with the lawnmower isn't an, uh, to immediately kill him It's to first cut off his fingers to punish him for massaging his wife Of course So it does cut off his fingers And then we see Tom stomp on the guy's head And uh, I guess also chop him w- in the head with the lawnmower
1: Right, you see like a little piece of his head flop off Although yeah. it's really hard to tell that that's what that's supposed to that's be. That's right
2: it, I wasn't sure until a little bit later and you'll see why yeah. And he And Tom goes, that must be some headache <laughs> a little bit later Tom is working on his roof For f- some fucking reason For some reason <laughs> He's up on a ladder on his roof uh, And the delivery guy arrives And the uh, Sorry And the delivery guy is actually he's, <laughs> I was distracted for a second It's okay The delivery guy is a little bit upset Because I guess he was ringing the doorbell <laughs> Because you think Tom would be expecting him But he was for the, This is such a really strange plan that he has Yeah, yeah So he uh, The delivery guy Comes up next to him He's still wearing That dumb cowboy hat But he uh, Tom says to him He's like That's quite a hat You got there, partner And that means The guy takes it off For a second Which leads Tom To do what?
1: Well, of course He does what any Irrational human being Would do And decides to Drop a screwdriver into his head
2: so he drops it and it embeds right into the top of his skull
1: which would never fucking happen
2: well it doesn't matter because it yeah. leads to this line
0: uh. <laughs> you screw my wife I screw drive your head
2: <laughs> <laughs> then he goes to the guy I'm gonna package you up sucker and send you out special, special delivery, delivery. <laughs> Uh, this uh, in this sequence we also find out that the neighbor, the lady, uh, the old annoying lady who reminds you of Irene, is that her name? Irene, yeah. <laughs> she's watching this as it goes on to I some extent. I kind of love
1: this this next yeah. uh, thing, this whole thing that happens with Mrs. Palmer. It's fucking ridiculous, but before that happens, yeah, she's there and she's kind of, you know, peeking over the over the side. Uh, he puts the uh uh the delivery guy into a uh, oil drum and um the hell was that? Yeah, what was that? I have no
2: idea. <laughs> so I yeah, so think he think put- someone just broke into
1: my house. Um, <laughs> he puts no. the guy's
2: corpse into a garbage bag, puts it in a barrel. Yeah. And and the idea is he's gonna burn it. Yeah. But before he does that, he does say, Now I'm wanna Warn people! This is a particularly nasty thing that he's about to say.
1: Trigger warning. Yeah. Well,
2: this is pretty. This this is pretty hardcore. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Here, take your pink faggot hat, you stupid country motherfucker.
2: <laughs> so. Boy. So then the, he starts burning the corpse, and then the neighbor shows up, and he says that he's just burning some old clothes.
1: I love the fact that instead of, like, running off and calling the cops, because clearly she saw him murder a guy. Yes. You know? And, and of course, it all makes sense in a second, but, like, when she immediately comes in, she's like, what are you doing? You know? Um, oh, my God. She has some great fucking lines in this yeah. one, too. Where, like, so he talks about how he's burning his clothes, and she's like, you know, but there's people naked in Africa, you know. And <laughs> then she talks about all the cars there and asks where all the people are. And then she says one of my favorite lines in the entire movie, and I'm very surprised you didn't add this to the myriad of uh, of Sounds things good. we have. And she goes, you're not into some devil cult bullcrap, are you? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so she wants him to kill Herman yeah right that and so so that's why she didn't call the cops because she wants in on the action, as she says,
2: yeah, I'll be exactly. rid of the old coot, yeah, so she says, I'll be rid of the old coot. His response he has uh it's very important to note that he has a hammer in his hand,
1: yeah, which he pulled out from his boot,
2: yeah, okay. so he takes the hammer and just
1: claw hammers the shit out of her jaw
2: out of her jaw and like yanks it out, basically collapsing her entire skull, yeah. It's amazing
1: It's pretty fucking cool
2: I mean it looks bad In the way that it's good You know I mean right. if, if it, it's great That it's not realistic looking Because if it was It might be a little disturbing But in the context of this movie It looks fucking great Because it it's really so does. Fucking bloody And weird And and just the idea Apparently this was a Kill that they wanted to do in Truth or Dare But they didn't have time or the effect didn't come out So they hmm. decided to put it in this movie instead By the way, speaking of Truth or Dare There's a very famous part of that movie That you might remember, Mo Where a guy's head explodes Uh, Yeah Yeah, that head, that person whose head explodes That is uh, asbestos, uh, asbestos um, What's his name? Felt <laughs> That's asbestos felt from uh, from this movie Huh Isn't that something? Fascinating Fascinating I'm full of like quippy Interesting stuff, sure, sure you are. <laughs> so, anyway, she's dead. <laughs> I,
1: I actually kind of love the moment where he kind of like falls down next to her and then starts like playing with the bits of her face. I'm like playing with
2: her, like, like parts of her face. And he puts yeah, on like, her glasses, gross. Yeah, and he puts on her glasses. <laughs> we also see him pull like a garbage bag into a room, like, I guess, the guest room a little bit later. Yeah, um, and um. Then we cut to an office building Yeah, we are gone outside our, our t- couple of locations To a different office building And we see that this is the offices of romping romance for the free-spirited mm. And you probably, uh, loyal viewers and listeners Have probably figured out what's happening at this point Because the guy who's reading her manuscript huh? He says that all five of her stories will be used in future publications Whoa Stories? What are you talking about?
1: Way to go, Jerkins
2: yeah, Jerkins. That's right. That's his,
1: that's his name, Jerkins.
2: <laughs> and uh, she talks about that she wants her black book back because uh, it's. It, she says that it's easier to hide. Uh, she takes. She like writes in that book instead of like a regular ledger because it's easier to hide from her husband. No, I guess not.
1: No, clearly it's not.
2: So then Jerkins and, cr-
1: and this dude is getting seriously handsy with her.
2: Yeah, he gets. He starts hitting on her really creepily. Uh, he he suggests that they should go out and have a drink. But the boss man. He hears him being an asshole, so he comes out and fires him. Good. Yeah, he fires him like he's the uh the president of Fox News. Sure. That's a that's a cultural reference to something that's happening in the news.
1: Yeah, that was like that was grasping, is
2: what that was. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So he gives her a check for fifteen hundred dollars. Uh-huh. And that's exactly like that is good. I mean, actually, for five stories, that's not that great, even in 1987. But hey, she's very happy with it. And uh she can't wait to show Tom, right? Their money problems are solved, but their murder problems are just beginning. <laughs> <laughs> so that night, before Lisa has arrived, Tom has been drinking. And he is drunk in the living room, surrounded by weapons, <laughs> and he says th- this. I just
0: want- Weapons ready, Lisa! Lisa, Lisa! <laughs> I can't wait to see that diary when you get back!
1: Man, <laughs> yeah, that is like. That is like. The room level. Like, <laughs> over the top idness.
2: <laughs> so, you might have thought that he had lost his shit at this point, but. Now it's about to cross the line even more, because uh, he starts to completely lose it. the The room gets all like weirdly colored. We see the naked painting; blood starts dripping down it. Yeah. Uh, And there's a knock on the door, and he crawls across the floor with a machete in his hand, answers the door, and who is it? Mo, someone unexpected, I have to say.
1: Oh, very unexpected, especially given what's been happening for the rest of the film. It's Ben and Angel. It's Ben.
2: (laughs) They're back. Ben is a. Corpse. He's a zombie. Right. And he, he's holding Angel's severed head with severed him. Severed head, yeah. It has this severed head, it's it has a little bit of like animatronic element to it, or not, that's it's that's going a little far, but her like eyes move back and forth and stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so he Ben is actually uh comically upset about the fact that he was buried and killed. He says something like, Wanna know what a tree stump feels like? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Uh, but he says because it wasn't their time They can't rest until Tom dies And that leads That leads Ben to throw Angel's head At Tom And it immediately bites his crotch And he like It's like that scene in Evil Dead 2 where the head bites uh Bites uh, Ash's hand But he's like ah! He's like freaking out And then he takes the head off of his crotch And throws it in the trash
1: And then uh yeah 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 And then Ben has another great Well Great's not the right word Another quip here Where he goes Hey Tom How do you like my Boris Karloff act? And he starts uh, doing the mummy walk And then uh, Tom rips Ben's arm off fucking arm off And starts beating him with it Yeah Yeah
2: <laughs> And he goes you, like, ruined you ruined the act. my act <laughs> So then we see the rest of the corpses Start to return uh, The a, a, a burned corpse The um, the corpse of the delivery guy Crawls out of the barrel Actually this I, this I actually
1: yeah, I was gonna say I dig the hell out of the uh, the Burned burn corpse makeup
2: It's great He has a, the screwdriver is Still in his head of And course. he puts the cowboy hat On over it Yeah 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 <laughs> uh, And then While this is happening The the cab The Ritter cab Pulls up And Lisa gets out With a suitcase uh, Cause she's back From her, mo- her stupid mother As you see Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so, you might be wondering, well, how is this going to play out? Zombies returning, this is obviously part of Tom's weird fantasy or weird mental breakdown But no, Lisa can see everything that's happening
1: Yeah, and so she gets dragged into the house by the delivery guy
2: It Like, this movie gets so crazy at the end, it's really a little hard to uh, explain exactly how fucking nuts it really does get
1: Right, yeah, no, it gets... Really fucking nuts
2: Like the lawn guy Crawls out of the backyard The little, yeah. little sock Digs him. himself up See now the lawn guy
1: I'll get You know It's good for him Because he's the one Who seems to have it The easiest As far as like The makeup he's got to yeah, wear No you kidding know? right Except he still has to have That fucking hair Poor bastard
2: <laughs> <laughs> So Tom is hiding in a room The guest room in the house But that's where he stored The garbage bag With um with the the neighbor in it, and so it starts moving behind him, and he like hits it with a broom. <laughs> the,
1: the, oh my god, the neighbor like the 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 effects for the neighbor, oh my god, they're so
2: great they 're amazing, so Tom starts to strangle this plastic bag and in, and then he opens it, and it's so remember that the neighbor had her entire face collapsed, right, yeah, so it's this puppet or. Like this, th- yeah, it's basically a puppet that's inside of this that is just this mangled face. Yeah. <laughs> and it doesn't even, like, it's not even a person for the rest of it. It's just making sounds going like, blah, blah, blah,
1: Yeah, and, like, and basically, like, requires other members of the cast to carry it around.
2: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. So Joel Weinko basically has to carry this thing around for the rest of the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, Tom can hear that Lisa is in the house. So he goes out and he pulls the burned. Uh, delivery guy off of her, and in the process, he rips the guy's head off, and then the guy picks it up by the screwdriver and reattaches it.
1: Because that's how those things work.
2: And he even turns the screwdriver in order to tighten it. Up. Ah. <laughs> so Lisa is rightfully very confused about what's happening. So she asks Tom, "What's going on?" And his response is that everything's going to be fine. <laughs> Uh, so they break in. They actually break a window to get inside the house. The zombies uh, do. I mean, and uh, Joel Weinkoop comes in and he says, "Let's party." I l-
1: uh, I love that. Like, yeah, he's like, it doesn't make any fucking sense, but he's got a beer for some reason. Yeah, and he's he's drinking the beer. and it's not even like you know. He sort of like exclaims, "You oh, know,
2: let's party." You know, yeah. The it's- zombies are like coherent and able to like converse with one another. Right, right. So Tom and Lisa go upstairs and they hide in the attic. And this is where the big reveal of the movie occurs because Lisa's asking what the fuck happened and he tells her that he read her diary and that's when she reveals that they were just stories and in fact she just sold them and instead of being like him like screaming to the sky in frustration and anger at himself he just he's kind of like "oh okay" Like and and like given, he's murdered like five people. <laughs> right,
1: and given the fact that he reacted so well to the news, like th- at this point in the film, like maybe he should have done that. Oh, I don't know, an hour ago.
2: It's <laughs> a lesson. That's a lesson learned from this. I'm telling you, I'm
1: telling you. <laughs> so you, the, find, the, you find something that looks like a diary that shows that your wife is cheating. Talk to her about. it Maybe exactly she's it. just
2: writing romance novels <laughs> So the zombies are downstairs And they're talking about how they want to kill Tom right. And they're arguing who, who's over who's going to get the opportunity to actually do it um, At one point the the neighbor woman, the corpse tries to speak And they just tell it to shut up
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> So they're hiding in the attic But you might remember that the electricity guy He's actually st- stored in the attic So he pops out uh, And this guy's actually really good He's actually gives a really strong performance in a very small part Yeah uh, so the other zombies are all pissed off because this guy's going to get to finish off Tom, and they want to do it. And uh, that's this is what the electricity, uh, the electrician, I should say, this is what his response is.
0: Don't be so selfish. We all deserve a little something here. Too bad. The ball's in my court now. <laughs> How would you like to get your head chopped off by a bunch of spinning machetes? Well, if you do, we'll, we'll. What? What? Kill me? You can't. I'm already dead. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, so it's like a borderline Pee-wee Herman uh, delivery right there.
2: So they work out a deal with the electrician guy uh, and all the zombies, which is that what they'll have is Tom will come out and kill his wife in front of them and then he'll have to live with the guilt of having killed his own wife. Indeed. And uh, so Tom has to think this over. And Lisa really isn't like making her case that he shouldn't agree with this very well. <laughs> so this is what Tom's response to this ultimatum is. Okay. <laughs>
0: I'll play your game. I'll kill her. <laughs> I'll kill her in the
2: living room with the
0: hacksaw, so you can all enjoy it. Uh,
2: oh. <laughs> now he's saying that right next to Lisa. Right. <laughs> so they they let him out of the attic, and he goes to the living room. So they're sitting uh, in, on the the couch, and the zombies are all around them. Uh, and Tom is like is like whispering to her that he, he just she has to trust him. <laughs> so he grabs the hacksaw. And he goes This is what you want This is it Well you got it So he puts the hacksaw To his own neck Yeah he puts it to her neck first But then he switches And he slits his own throat Yeah And the zombie's response To this is We can all rest now did we play the clip About him saying
1: I'll play your game I'll kill her Blah blah yeah, blah Yeah we oh, did okay I'm sorry I'm so <laughs> fucking distracted Right now Nine million things Happening
2: <laughs> So the zombies All head outside Just like that scene In the Simpsons episode Where, where all the zombies Have to, to bury themselves for, yeah. <laughs> still, still pushing that boulder <laughs> But they're, they're like, they all have to like jump into a pit with like flames coming out of it Yeah, so I'm um, assuming
1: they're jumping into hell Yeah,
2: I don't know what they all did to deserve to burn in hell for all eternity But right. probably something innocent. Yeah, for all we know So uh, we do notice that uh, Lisa looks well, maybe, back Maybe not Ben so much <laughs> So Lisa looks back to where Tom's uh, killed himself But his corpse is missing And she looks confused for a second Because she was confused for most of the movie uh, And then she goes outside and if you're wondering if there's one last big scare, there certainly is, because she goes outside and tall, Tom bursts up from the uh, from the floorboards or whatever the stoop and the grabs at jam. her, and that's the end. Yup, yep. Uh Mo, did you interpret this movie as that part where he's drunk and surrounded by weapons, and that is like when he hears the knock on the door and it ends up being Ben? That everything after that point might be just some sort of weird, twisted brain. Fantasy in his head
1: uh, It's entirely plausible
2: It makes a lot more sense Than what actually Is in the movie
1: Yeah Let's just say That's what happened
2: D- Doesn't it when the, when the zombies Are enter into the plot Doesn't it seem like An entirely different Fucking movie
1: Yeah it becomes A completely different movie For the last half hour
2: Now listeners of the show You might think That we've That's the Well that's the end Of the movie I just told you right So certainly there isn't Any more sound clips to play You'd be wrong You would be wrong So, Mo, what is interesting about the closing credits of the movie Killing Spree?
1: Well, it features a song written and performed by uh, Asbestos Felt
2: The song itself is called Beast Within And Mm. there is a rap in it There is a rap Which was very popular for 1987 So, (laughs) So if you want to hear the star of the movie Rap the plot of the movie Like it's some sort of Will Smith movie from 1994 (laughs) It would sound something like this And I have a good chunk of it So just make yourself comfortable I came home with a pay cut Found out that my <laughs> wife was such a slut
0: Seems like she's been seeing everyone in town So now I gotta get them so they won't be around My best friend came over with a little tramp pump They both worked not just said a little bit drunk Cut off a head, beat him till he's dead I said cut <laughs> off a head and beat him instead <laughs> Just had in the bed Spun the fan around and chopped the top of his head Stuff. I just turned up to the rafters and sliced up his gun The one make come back again when he missed, More's hand in his head. Boy, was he pissed? Delivery tried to pick up my wife. Screwdriver in the head, had to take his slide. The right next door was a pain in the butt. Wanted to kill a bug and just to shut him up. I got real annoyed, didn't wander in my place. Ripped the job with the hammer and I chewed on a face. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's right, it's rage against the machine with Beast Within. <laughs> <laughs> It's. I gotta be honest with you Like I love that Like a lot I really do like it Yeah yeah yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And it also for, If you have been listening To this episode so far And you weren't sure About the sort of tone That Killing Spree has That would give you A real sense That this is a goofy Fucking movie
1: It's a super goofy
2: movie It's a really silly movie And that is absolutely fine Because it knows What it is Because You don't write a rap For your closing credits Unless you know What kind of movie you have Right there are a couple Of interesting things About the closing credits As I mentioned earlier It is dedicated to Herschel Gordon Lewis The real godfather of Gore mm-hmm. uh, Also uh, One of the people Who helped Tim Ritter When he was making this movie uh, He helped do some casting And gets a thank you Is uh, his friend of the show Donald Farmer Huh A lot of crossover In the no budget world Of filmmaking Right The director of Vampire Cop
1: Vampire Cop
2: Is that and- the movie? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know man That sounds like That's what it is I'm pretty sure
1: I'm I'm fu- I'm so bad With With remembering Who is in what And who did what I mean I, I know names And I know titles But man It's hard for me To remember who
2: It's all that involved. vaping Has destroyed your memory Yeah that's, that's what it is Yeah We should talk to vaping. Congress about this Uh huh <laughs> Anyway that's the movie mode. That's Killing Street From 1987 What do you think? I loved it I thought it was great it's uh-huh. really good. I'll tell you what's strange about Killing Spree is that it it's not been that well reviewed. A lot, you know, a lot of of standard uh critic reviews of Killing Spree, they t- they talk about how the effects aren't very good or that it might be a little ponderous. Uh, but I don't find that at all. Actually, I love the pace of it because it is just a series of like setting up the murders and then like playing them out in various creative ways. And in that sense, it really does play like a Herschel Gordon Lewis movie because that's how all of those movies are for the most part, all the gore ones. Uh, and, and they, the kills themselves are all great and all very inventive and really fun to watch. The main performance is, Incredibly fun to watch, and it you know it's this movie is ninety minutes long. You know you're in and out. Has that crazy ending where shit just goes off the rails in a really the whole fun fucking way. thing
1: turns on its ear. Yeah,
2: yeah. No, I loved I love Killing Spree, and I really feel like if you're the kind of person who really embraces micro budget filmmaking, it's amazing what they did on on a very very low budget here. Um And what we said at the very beginning, and what Tim mentions on his commentary, yeah, this is. What you should expect out of micro budget filmmaking Because they were able to do stuff Like there were there wasn't someone Constantly looking over him Telling him he couldn't do things So that allowed him to be creative And right. you know, this is also a good way to, to Pay tribute to someone In that this is not You wouldn't watch this movie necessarily and say Oh this is just a copy of a Herschel Gordon Lewis movie No it's, it's a modern version of those kind of movies Right exactly And in some ways it's more entertaining than most of them because it, it has a much better sense At least more entertaining, I would say Than, than some of the earlier Herschel Gordon Lewis movies Where they didn't quite have the formula together yet I say that with the knowledge that uh, The 2000 Maniacs, they got it right away
1: <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean I See, I, I'm a big fan of Blood Feast I like Blood Feast a lot And I love 2000 Maniacs But it's Color Me Blood Red, the third one That I don't particularly care right, for Right, yeah. right,
2: right but I mean, you know, I could see I could see someone watching Blood Feast without any background on how important that movie is and sure, the sure. influence that's had and and be like, "Well, what's the big deal? It's just a bunch of like uh, it's just a cow's tongue and and you know, and there's nothing to it." But <laughs> it's a cow's heart. <laughs> but here, like if you're the kind of person who would sit down and watch a movie called Killing spree, I can't see you being disappointed with what you get out of this movie.
1: Wow, well, exactly.
2: It gives you except except no no boobs. No boobs. <laughs> Oh, we have a low bar that we're trying to reach
1: (laughs) Well, look, I mean, you know, it's the three B's, you know Bloods, boobs, and beasts
2: Yeah, and if you consider a zombie a beast, which you should Which you should Then this movie, you know And there are, like, there is a person with boobs in this Um, (laughs) Man, our... That's a real low bar there <laughs> What we're trying to say is Seek out Killing Spree You will not be disappointed If you're a listener to this show Yeah, no, this is very, very worth your while But I have a question for you, Moporn. With with the understanding that your memory has been shot because of your vaping
1: Yeah, that's, what, um, that's why it
2: is Do you prefer Truth or Dare or Killing Spree?
1: I don't know, man They're both so much fun Um... I don't know, I think, I think Killing Spree might have a slight edge But Truth or Dare is probably the better made film
2: I, I, I think you're probably right I actually yeah. think they had more money to make Truth or Dare uh, But I might, if I was going to like just to watch one And like sit down and watch one I'm, It might be Killing Spree Solely because of that as- asbestos felt lead performance
1: Yeah, exactly Like this, this like truth or dare, I mean, you can definitely sit down and rewatch it. Like I probably will at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, this one, I could imagine like gathering a group of friends and being like, "We're gonna watch this <laughs> fucking movie and just get drunk and high or whatever." And- I
2: I put some clips from this movie, Killing Spree, over on our Facebook group and on Twitter, and people were going nuts for it. I I put this the sequence where he throws the severed head uh, and uh, and all the lines leading up to that, and people were like, "What is this movie?" So there's obviously parts of this which you know people aren't as familiar with it as they should be and uh and if they were to check out some of the highlights they'd be like this is a movie i have to see um so yeah so we're done here mo huzzah we're finished with killing spree but that means something else has to come indeed who who is it who who gets to come now
1: uh well certainly not ben he's he's had too many already
2: <laughs> uh mo what are we going to be uh, watching on the next episode of no budget nightmares
1: I forget what year you said it was But we're going to be watching 2007 Necroville.
2: 2007's Necroville 2007's Necroville Directed by Billy Garbarina Now uh, we haven't We've actually featured Billy Garbarina On, on, a, on an episode of an no episode of before He pops up very briefly In Chris Seaver's segment from High 8 ah. uh, And in fact I believe on that episode I even mentioned that I recognized him from necroville because he not only directs it but he's also the star of it um and my i saw necroville years ago uh, i remember hearing about it on an episode of a podcast called Mail order zombie which was just focused on covering solely zombie movies and they gave a really positive review of it uh, and i and i checked it out afterwards and it's sort of my memory tells me it's almost like ghostbusters meets uh, like a low-budget Ghostbusters riff uh, Except they're they're going after zombies and werewolves and vampires As opposed to just ghosts Yeah, so that sounds super fun It sounds super fun Now let's see if it lives up to what I just yeah, said Yeah, I
1: was going to say there, we've, we've covered plenty of films that sound super fun That have <laughs> not been I mean, hell, Nightmare Museum sounded fun
2: Boy, it did, you know? What yeah. happened there, you think? Porn Mo' porn? No Well, what's a If someone is a big fan Of this podcast What's a good way for them To seek out more of it
1: No they can Just find us on Facebook Do a search for No Budget Nightmares Or if they want to go there directly uh, No Budget Nightmares I'm sorry uh, Facebook.com Slash groups Slash No Budget Nightmares
2: Yeah That's right Did you mention also That you can go to NoBudgetPodcast.com And you can, can subscribe You can also go
1: and Take a look at our uh archive, NoBudgetPodcast.com, and You can subscribe.
2: Subscribe via iTunes. You can leave us a review on iTunes. We always appreciate it when people do that. Please do it. Are right we on now. any
1: other of those?
2: We're on all oh, of we're on Stitcher and we're on the Google uh the, the Google Podcast uh listing and we're on Ooh. a bunch of other ones as well that kind of automatically get put in. But you know, iTunes is still the big one for the most part.
1: The big boy, yep.
2: Uh, I should mention at this point that uh, recently I uh, have stopped writing for DailyGrindhouse.com, which is something we usually would would uh, promote at this point. And usually when you get a link, if you're not subscribed to the podcast and you see our links via social media, it would have linked to DailyGrindhouse.com. So uh, for the foreseeable future, for the immediate future, I should say – the links will go to, of course, NoBudgetPodcast.com But we, all, we are in the process of looking for a new home for No Budget Nightmares You, listener, will not have to wait or be confused Please subscribe and then you'll always get the episodes as soon as they're released anyway But uh, if you're a part of a podcast network or you're interested in uh, gaining yourself a No Budget Nightmares uh, podcast Well, why don't you drop us a line and we can have a little talk There's actually been some interest already So pretty soon there'll probably be a new central home for No Budget Nightmares All right yeah, skeet skeet,
1: <laughs> motherfucker, motherfucker.
2: That's right, uh, Mo. Yeah, what have you watched anything interesting lately?
1: Um, honestly, I've I've watched two things of note since the last uh, since the last episode. I watched that uh, documentary Ghost Heads. Okay, um, that was a lot of fun. Had a couple of. I was very disappointed that there was no like talking head interview with uh, Chase Ambrose. Oh, you know? right. Uh, a friend of, I don't know if he's a friend of the show, but he's a friend of mine, um, you know, and the guy who runs the uh, the Georgia chapter of the Ghostbusters. Um, he's basically in it, like he's in it for two shots, basically. One where he says, uh, I'm the head of the Georgia chapter of the Ghostbusters. <laughs> and one other scene where you just happen to notice him. And they, they focus a lot on some very weird, Things that like I as you know uh, like as a documentary filmmaker I wouldn't have done that personally, but they uh, whatever they must have found those stories interesting enough. Um, and then I watched uh, Keanu.
2: Oh, what did you think? It was mediocre as shit. Yeah, that's what I heard. I've, I've yeah. heard I heard some people who really loved it, but most of the I mean it's I fun. Heard-
1: it's it's not like a terrible movie. What it feels like is an extra long version of one of their skits, right? Like of a Key and Peele skit. Which is not necessarily a good thing, you know, but um, there's a moment towards the end, like, uh, probably for, like, the last, like, third, uh, where um, it starts to really kind of die down. Like, this movie suffers from that, like, second act slump really bad, but then um, when they introduce the Luis Guzman character towards the end, like, it really picks back up again and ends the movie out in a decent enough fashion so it's overall, I'll say it's worth watching. I wouldn't pay any like real money to watch it, but you know, rent it when it when it's out on DVD or whatever.
2: I will look for it and maybe yeah. watch it. I don't know. It doesn't interest me that much. <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean, it, if you're not a Keen Peel fan, then don't fucking even bother. You won't you won't care for it. But uh, yeah, yeah,
2: whatever. yeah. But I, I think the I get I I find that most sketches are already a little too long, so the idea of stretching one out to ninety minutes doesn't appeal to me very right, much. At all. Right. 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 I uh, I saw but that Star- cat is fucking cute as shit though. <laughs> I've got three cats in this apartment. I don't need another one of mine. <laughs> uh, I did see Star Trek Beyond, which I thought was actually pretty good.
1: Yeah, uh, the red letter media guys were saying that it's a lot better than the last two.
2: It's a lot more like a Star Trek episode, yeah. right? So that and- that
1: actually makes me interested in watching it because the biggest reason why I didn't care for the other two is because they're too Star Warsy and like yeah. I you know I'm a Trekkie. You know, and I don't say Trekker. I don't care about any of that bullshit. <laughs> uh, but like, you know, I like I like the the next generation style where it's you know it's a little bit more about you know actually seeking out new life and new sure you know
2: it it's, it fulfills that a lot more. There's still some groaning. Yeah, you know, right. there's still issues with it definitely. But I I do have to say that I'm more more looking forward to the new TV series, the Brian Fuller one, starting mm-hmm. this year than I am. Um, than I am of more of this series. It's not the fact is the the two years in between each one it it makes it feel like all of the most engaging, interesting stuff happens between the movies.
0: Right, right, right.
2: Because you like watching this cast interact, right? That's the thing I like. I like seeing them um, just kind of of uh, developing their personalities through their interactions. But there's only so much you can do with that when you got to have a big set piece and explosion every fifteen or twenty minutes.
1: Right and uh, now is this the first one that Simon Pegg took over for writing or did yeah he-, he
2: wrote he co-wrote this one yeah
1: so I mean so that's exciting in and of itself so I mean and he's a big uh, Trek guy too so we'll he's we'll a big see. Trekker yeah <laughs>
2: all um, right Mo I think we're done we've already been recording for way goddamn too long. <laughs> yeah but uh the, the the lesson you should take away from this episode of No Budget Nightmares is that Killing Spree is good. We like Tim Ritter, we're gonna check out more of his movies, and we're of course gonna cover them at some point. And of course, sure. on the next episode of No Budget Nightmares, we'll be looking, looking at 2007's Necroville. Necroville. And until then, we bid you adieu. We've got, yeah, ta- we've, we've got cats to take care of. Yeah, too many fucking cats. Too many cats. Alright, guys. Good night. Night. <laughs>
0: Came home with a pay cut Found out that my wife was such a slut Seems like she's been seeing everyone in town So now I gotta get them so they won't be around My best friend came over with a little tantrum I just had a little bit drunk Cut off a head Beat him till he's dead I said cut off a head And beat him till he's dead electricized matcher In the bed Swung the fan around And chopped the top of his head And the TV guy With his karate stuff I just turned up to the ratches And sliced up his gun The lawman back to get What he missed his hand in his head Boy was he pissed Delivery tried To pick up my wife's Screwdriver in the head Had to take his slide Right next door Was a pain in the butt Wanted to kill her husband Just to shut him up I got real annoyed Didn't want her in my place Ripped the job.